You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. The second week of Deliberations of Doom takes on sequels. We suffer for your pleasure. Although I admit that this week, much like the first one, it's not really a lot of suffering. Like, we ended up, uh, thanks to you, our listeners, helping us pick these movies, we actually picked some ones that I was like, hey, these are, uh, on the whole, pretty worth watching. Now, once we get to the last chapter, I don't know so much. That's when it gets pretty Yeah, because this was the way we organized it was like, it's sequels, it's eight movies that we cover. Over three episodes, so it's each one is a different sequel from a different franchise. Our first episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, we talk about, because the first movie obviously can't be a sequel by definition, we were like, let's do a remake. So we did Evil Dead, and we talked about Psycho 2. This time we've got new movies to talk about, but first, before we get into that, I am Chris. I'm Alan. I'm Nicholas. And Patience, as always. And Shotlos is supporting Shotlos. us from the sidelines. <laughs> we just well, what we do is we put them in a cage, and then whenever we need a shot, we just like kind of give a uh, like, like there's like a string attached to the latch. Well, that we I can was pull thinking more like a cattle tape. prod type situation. <laughs> it's it's a, lot, pretty, a lot of finger gunshot moves. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much like hostile in my house. He's in a gimp suit, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I know that we uh, had some listener questions. We do. And I believe Patience is the queen of I listener do. questions. So from our beloved Jacob Elsner, who Yay. is such a such a great... Good guy. Just a great person. And uh, he said, same question from an earlier episode, but this is specifically for the new guys. So this is for Alan and Nick. Uh-oh. What was your first time, could be a movie, TV, etc., you realized you loved specifically the horror genre and why? I've got an easy answer to that one. I watched uh, Double Bill in theater. Uh, the first movie was In and Out, which is a comedy about a gay couple. Oh yeah, with uh, what's it, Kevin Klein? Yeah, yeah, that's right. The second one was Event Horizon. That's what I went to oh, see. And fuck, so, like, yes. I don't know who decided to pair these two movies together, but they so did. It was a double feature of those two films. Yes, that's so bizarre. I watched In and Out. Waited through that, and I actually enjoyed it more than I expected to. Waited yeah. through that in order to watch Event Horizon, which terrified the shit out of me. So I, was, good. I must have been like Classic. 14. At I'm the on time the side. Of, I'm the one guy who doesn't like Event Horizon. I, don't, I actually don't like it either. No. It, it's oh, what? Really? It, it's okay. a time. Well, it's, it's a, wildly it uneven, but there are parts of that movie that are legit scary. Dude, man. when Sam, Sam Neill is just a horror icon these days, uh, um, uh, but I feel like just Event Horizon. It had that perfect balance of horror and sci-fi that I just... Because I love sci-fi as well. Yeah. Perfect balance. Alan, what's your answer? Um, I'm going to go to... One easy one is Jaws. I watched it a ton when I was a kid. It was one of the few tapes in the house. I have a tattoo on my arm from it. I fucking love it. But my distinct memory of specific, specific horror is Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. I was like 10. That was, that was mine. 10, I think. And I watched it and I remember going like... My mom would be like, don't watch this movie. You're going to scare yourself. You're gonna scare. I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And we're going to bed and seeing a silhouette in my window of a man with a hat <laughs> with his arms spread and shitting my little pants. I was so <laughs> fucking scared. It was like scared. I, I, and that's probably what started me watching TV all night to go to bed because I was like, got to get something on, like anything, find something like hokey and cheesy <laughs> to take my mind off it. Um, and I, I don't know if it was like age 9, 10, 11, somewhere around there, but... I specifically remember that silhouette and that movie, like, just forever affecting my, like, dreams from that point on, yeah. That movie terrified the shit out of me when I saw it the first time and and was, like, like, so scared, but it was the first time I remember being scared and enjoying the sensation of being scared because I watched it with someone else. Well, if you think about it, it's, like, the the all-time perfect premise for any horror movie because it's literally you're afraid to go to bed because if you go to bed, you'll die. 
So, like, the fear of going to bed while you're trying to go to bed is scaring you. It's, like, perfect. <laughs> See, I feel like the first one was scary, but after that, they just became such a parody of themselves. Oh, yeah, that they of just, course. They the first just, one is legit scary. Yeah. yeah. It's a, some of the effects bit. are a little dated. Like, the thing of his arms across the thing, the, like, Super the alley are still... See, but the great, face through but, the wall? But that, yeah. that's... Still the jankiness of those arms scares me, because it looks like... Disturbing because it doesn't look quite right. Right. Yeah. All right. I love it. So our second question is from Dennis McAway. Who the we love. Irish connection. Oh yeah. Who who we absolutely adore. And he and I and I just want to recursor this with we are not actual shills for Shutter, even though we're constantly telling people <laughs> I, sign up for Shutter. Believe me, if they want to pay it's, us, I'm it's in. Okay. Five, like um, anybody out there listening <coughs> that is associated with Shutter. Uh, which is not a thing, but if you <laughs> wanted to hire us as paid corporate shows, we yeah. will gladly do it. Because we're going to do it anyway. Um, but he says, how <laughs> Sorry, dis- I mean, we're going to do it anyway, so you might as well pay us. Um, how disappointing is it that Shudder doesn't have the rights to show even a quarter of its output here in Ireland? I canceled my subscription. Okay, so I, I, I do want to address that. I Somebody at Shudder needs to spend a bunch of money on yep. tech. Because and about rights and figuring out how to fix some of their problems because there are a lot of problems. The it's such a great cultivated list of horror <laughs> films that they have, and if you're using it through the app itself, like like the actual don't use you it as an add-on. If you if you if you have an add-on to which you can get through Amazon yeah. or through I think Crunchyroll, I think yeah, uh, it's a different entire format. Right, use it through the actual app. If you subscribe through Shutter specifically, and do it, it's fantastic. All the options they have, the super specificity of like uh, of uh, different types of like sub 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 genre stuff of horror. And they that you're have looking curated for. stuff that you I mean, better. Every, yeah, everything's curated. And also yeah. the Joe Bob, the Joe Bob show. That the Joe matters. Bob is so much alone fun. is totally worth the five dollars yeah. a month. But. <laughs> they still, despite y- literally years of claiming they're going to do it, still don't have an app for the PlayStation, and they still yep. don't have an app for Sony televisions, which or Android televisions, I should say, not Sony televisions. Any television with an Android or Google basis, there's no app for that. We- That's ridiculous. I ended up, because of the fact that there was just no good way to watch Shutter except on my laptop, had to finally bite the bullet and go... I'm going to end my subscription and get it on Amazon, which is nowhere near as as good. good. And um, I personally, they just barely added it on your um, iTV or your your Apple TV. Mm -hmm. Now they do have it on Apple TV. They have it on Roku. I was going to say, Roku's the way I get it. But like even watching, because a couple of our movies that we watched this for this, uh, these episodes were on Shutter. Um, I had to watch it. Some of them I had to watch on my phone. Like I was watching them on my phone because yeah. I just couldn't get it. You know what? On any and other it's, app. it's kind of the bummer because this, as great as it is, it is still kind of a niche thing. And it's like yeah. hardcore yeah. horror fans, and it's a very cheap subscription. So my heart goes out to them because like they want to keep yeah. the quality high. They want to keep like the product that they're. It's have. a complicated situation. Yeah. Yeah, five bucks a month is such a good deal for it. And like I love it, but man, I wish it was a little more convenient. But I understand that like they're not Netflix but come on, or put Hulu. It on, put right. it on PlayStation Four. Come yeah. on, yeah. Put it on. Put it on Sony, or at the very least, like even if they didn't, it'd be like, oh my god, Android televisions are the bulk of the televisions right. that are out there. There are apps for every other streaming service on there, and if you're I could do get it. it on and my they're going Android phone. And their response to this is always like, well, why don't you just get Crunchyroll or, or Amazon? It's like, oh, so pay for an entire another thing that you maybe don't want at all in to order get to pay you. <laughs> a niche streaming service that like by its very nature speaks to horror fans who a lot of which only want to see horror movies or like this is my thing I don't care about any of that other shit I it doesn't make any sense like on a certain level except for what Alan's talking about like they're stuck in a weird place where they've got so much great content they're paying for there's got to be some amount of like 
concession towards trying to find a way to make it. Uh, I think they just need to make so. a little more money somehow. Like, well, you know, like, actually, yeah. that more being said, Netflix is raising their prices, but Shudder just um, has put out an offer for members that they are lowering their prices if you buy a full year membership. So instead of paying $5 a month, you can pay three ninety nine for an entire 12 months at one shot year subscription, which is literally, come on guys, that's like $50, $60. And again, we are not getting paid for this, but if anyone wants to pay us for this, <laughs> exactly. please do so. We are not corporate shills, but we will be. And if also, you want. the technology for casting as well has gotten so much better. So, like, you can like if you if you just have it on your computer, you alternately could like Chromecast it, yeah. like a, a tier system. Let's be yeah. honest, a lot of people do watch all their TV and stuff on their computers as well. Yeah. That's true. So the mind does not. My, not be enough outcry for because so many people just watch on their laptops. Like my TV is relatively new and it took me literally two months to figure out how to just do the most simple thing in the world, which is hook up an HDMI cable to my computer and watch (laughs) it on it. Well, I was like, Jesus Christ, it was all like stuttery. What is the problem? And I think it kind of fixed itself actually to some degree. So you're saying your TV is smarter than you? Right, right, exactly. (laughs) Oh, my TV is definitely smarter than me. It just was like, oh, he's trying to do this. Sometimes I sit down and say, what are you doing, Chris? What do you mean? I can't let you do that, Chris. I'm opening the pod bay doors, Chris. Chris. (laughs) But also, um, to recap our conversation, sorry, Dennis, that uh, Shudder in Ireland sucks, but Shudder Have you considered getting a VPN and ordering it? Uh, VPNs are cheap. They're like 30 bucks a year. And also, they're good for lots of other stuff that I'm not going to say in detail. But Make sure, however, you do not, do not use a free VPN no, service. No, yeah, no, 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 no. That you just trades your internet yeah. thing you to want, another person. You want a paid VPN service. And there are quite a few of them out there that are dirt cheap. And you do that, and you can set up almost anything. Like, I had a friend of mine who was like, I don't want anything off CBS All Access, but I really want to watch Star Trek. I was like, well, then why don't you just get a VPN and redirect your Netflix account so that it says you're living in Europe? He's like, what are you talking about? It's like, in Europe, Star Trek's on Netflix. And he did it, and he's like, thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) We're not advocating any sort of piracy. That's not tech- That's not really piracy, per se. It's just like... Taking advantage of someone else's loss. Yeah, it's like you're just <laughs> telling, you're telling them that you don't. You live in a different country. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's just lying, that's all. Yeah, that it's, just li- it's just yeah, lying. Speaking of lies, and the father of lies, oh. uh, let's talk Exorcist 3. Okay, so I'm going to... And I'm sure not all of y'all are on the same page with me on this, but I think Exorcist 3 is... is so good yes. that it's almost as good as The Exorcist 1, but yes. in a very different way. See, I'm almost there with you. I, I'm dying to see the director's cut of it, because I understand there's like... I'm not seeing the director's cut. See, I haven't either, and I've heard... Because the, the whole Exorcist part of this movie was not originally filmed yeah, in this movie. there was supposed to be an Exorcist There's a whole other aspect yeah. of it, and that, that stuff in the movie feels forced in. It feels like studio notes, and it, that stuff comes in and kind of ruins... A movie that I'm so in on that, that it bums me out. To be fair, it was supposed to be the, is, the sequel to The Exorcist. It was just not supposed to have an exorcist yes, in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, definitely a sequel. To, the, the studio came back. Apparently, it was the secretary of the producer was like, there's no exorcism. Why are you calling it The Exorcist? <laughs> and it wasn't even supposed to be. It was just supposed to be called Legion, like the book. Right. And so she came... Written by the guy who wrote the original yes. Exorcist and, and wrote also, the screenplay for the original Exorcist. And, 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 and directed this, directed directed this yes. movie, yeah. yeah. So she was like, there's no exorcism. And so they were like, no, you have to do an exorcism. And he's like, no. And they're like, no, you have to do an exorcism. And he was like, okay. The fact the studio st- stepped in and said, you're doing this. The film was done. And they were like, oh, we're going to spend $4 million fucking dollars to add an entire new subplot so there can be an exorcist in this movie, which ultimately serves no real purpose. Yeah, right. right? It's just he gets one really super grody gore scene. There is some... That, that scene does give you a really cool effect and some cool gore. Yeah. So it's not a total loss. Right. You know, it but, doesn't ruin the movie. No, but it, it doesn't quite fit in with what's been going on in this whole movie. Because he's such a tertiary character. You're like, where did this guy even come from? He, it, yeah, he it pretty much shows up. Your main character kind of gets sidelined for half of the third act yeah. because of this issue, which is a bummer. But Nick, what's your synopsis of The Exorcist Nick's 3? synopsis. All right, so this one, as we've heard, is 
based on the sequel to The Exorcist, written by the author of The Exorcist, William Peter Blatty, which is called which, Legion. Which is the book sequel, not the movie sequel, because this is decidedly yeah. not based on Exorcist Two: The Heretic. Right. So we're ignoring Exorcist Two. Exorcist One is based on a William P- Peter Blatty book. Exorcist Three is based on his second book in that series. Yes. Um, which he, although he tried to get William Friedkin to direct it, Friedkin ultimately, every report I said. I saw said he got bored in the negotiations and decided not to become involved. And then Blatty went to John Carpenter Carpenter. and said, I really want you to direct this. And Carpenter went, dude, you love this so much. Why don't you direct it? That's actually, honestly, I think that's one of the problems with this movie is that he's working on his own material, but let's do the synopsis first. So, uh, Lieutenant Kitterman and father Dyer, uh, characters from the first exorcist get together on the anniversary of um, Damien Karras's death. And they both think they're doing this to cheer each other up, but it turns out they both need it as much as the other. And then a series of death begins, bearing the hallmarks of the Gemini Killer. The Gemini Killer is supposedly dead. He was executed 15 years ago. And the perpetrators of the crime have fingerprints that don't match up with each other, so it's an individual perpetrator for each of these crimes, but they all match this Gemini killer situation, and we find out (coughs) that they are maybe being serving a master known as Legion, and the the idea behind that is that there is no one, there are many. And so these are the demons that Karis and and Father Dyer are trying to compete with. And uh, I just want to point out that Legion is played by Brad Dourif, (laughs) who is possibly... Okay, so I don't know, maybe I was drunk, but his, like, little diatribes that he does to George C. Scott, I mean, okay, so George C. Scott is chewing so much scenery in Uh, this fucking movie. Like, seriously, like, even his face acting, you're like, really, George? I love him in this movie. The C uh, C stands for chewing scenery. (laughs) Because he is, like, so overacting in every single (laughs) scene. I mean, I love him to death. When he's he's restrained, he's amazing. When just Even his face acting is just like I so. I did not realize that he's playing a character that actually appears in the first movie. Yeah, I did not he's realize playing that. The Kennerman or yeah, whatever. Lee J. Cobb right. played that film in the original and died almost immediately after the making. Which, if you listen to some yes, people, it's like Exodus Curse or whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah, and who is a much bigger part in the novel apparently? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but he is the primary character here, and uh, I love the fact that he's got this super extreme. Probably a little on the alcoholic side. Um, uh-huh. uh, an atheist who is best friends with a priest uh-huh. and multiple priests. Because <laughs> we find out that like Damien, Father Damien was right. his best friend Karis back in the day. Is his but, best friend. Exactly. And like is deeply troubled by how horrible humanity is, which I guess you're a cop for long enough. That's going right. to be the case. But he is enjoying every second on screen here. <laughs> See, and that's the thing where... So, in the original, Lee J... Lee J. Cobb, is that right? Lee J. Cobb. Yeah, Lee J. Cobb. Uh, he fit that role perfectly. Having read the books, he's exactly the right level of world-weary world and sardonic and sort of, like, depressed and disappointed with with humanity, but, like, in a very convincing way. And George C. Scott, if I had to pick a second person to play the role, it might be him, but he's not a perfect fit. Hmm. As Patience was saying, the chewing of the scenery, that's absolutely not right for his character. Like He's too much. His characters should be making jokes because it's like gallows humor. But okay. he doesn't need to be like hitting these notes as hard as he's hitting them. And one of the things I like about Lee J. Cobb's performance is when things get really horrifying, he just goes quiet. And I think that's the best part about George C. Scott's performances is the bits where he does go quiet, but too often he's let go loud. Well, I mean, when Brad Dorif is doing... Uh, I'm sorry, but he rocked my world. I love Brad Dorif so much. Even his daughter is amazing, by the way. His <laughs> daughter now is, like, doing these roles lately and things where I'm like, oh my god, you are totally, like... Him, you are Brad Dorif with boobs. It's him crazy. Him his weeping <laughs> eye, man. I just can't get he's, enough. 
Him, and you realize they, like, uh, Father Karras, the, the actor who plays him, Jason Miller, yeah, they yeah. couldn't get him initially. They filmed this whole movie without him and just Brad Dorf, and then they were able to get him when it was clear that they were going to have to go back for reshoots anyway. They were like, oh, dude, let's get Jason Miller in here and refilm some of these sequences with him. So, oh, nice. Which, I mean, is, which ended up working amazing very well. Because it's, I don't know, is it a monologue? Is it a soliloquy? Is it a diatribe? What, what, what are the three... I, I think it's a diatribe. Diatribe seems I right. think that's fun. <laughs> but his two diatribes that he does with George C. Scott in the room or whatever um, are just breathtaking. Okay, so that final speech. Yes. When he is uh, like being held up against the wall by the power of, of Legion. Is so astonished. Like hair on the back of your neck raising up astonishing. I got chills. And there is a band that I love so much called Cop Shoot Cop, and it's sort of industrial rock band from the 90s that have a song that is just like kind of all instrumental until the last 30 seconds of it that... And it's that build sequence. and build and build this like huge crescendo, and the they just take the audio from that whole speech oh, on cool. it. I'm just like, I have to send it to you it's guys. It's the smells that keep us going. <laughs> I'm, cu- I'm curious if, um, before we go off of his performance, because as someone who like never read the books and like first movie I don't really remember his character in the first movie yeah he's he's not like, really a huge character at all yeah. in the book he's much. a much no, bigger book, character so like yeah. for me like without that context or like having a feel for what this character should be like I love who this character is in this movie but that's without context of having something that I'm coming in with I love his like outbursts and screaming like I the chewing of the scenery it just reminds me so much of like He's a seven, like one of those seventies era cop yeah, movies, yeah. like almost like French Connection, Gene Hackman, yeah. or Taking yeah. a Pillow into like he, one of those characters. And he's in the middle, of, out and and he's in the in middle of an existential crisis, yeah, as well, where he's like doubting that, like he wants to believe there's something more. Clearly, he's ex- getting to that point of his age where he wants to explore those ideas and. Everything about the world tells him there can't be a god, but he's being confronted by the devil in a way that he can no longer deny it anymore. And his take on it, his reaction to it is so profound and upsetting and and understandable. It's just, and Scott makes the most of it. Well, Nick, you read the books, right? Right. And so, yeah, my problem with that, and so this probably works for the movies probably really well, but in the books, we have the understanding right away from the beginning that. He has seen enough horrible stuff that he knows the devil exists. You know what I mean? So, like, none of this is a shock. He's just saddened by it and tries to make humor in the midst of it kind mm. of thing. It's like, uh, what's his name in old, No Country for Old Men? Oh, yeah. What's his and name? Todd uh, um, No, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Jones. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. Yeah. That's the sort of character Which that comes across written. better in the book than the movie, but still. And that's the sort of character that he was written as, is just like... I don't. World I have to weary. keep doing this, but I don't know how to keep doing this. Yeah, that's true. Because when even when he's examining his friend's body, he's just doing it sort of like nonchalantly and doing it by the book. But then he goes and he has this moment where he's like clutching his you know hand and he's just like trying to stifle the tears. But I just figured that was you know Scott overacting again. <laughs> so interesting point. William Peter Blatty before this made a really wonderful movie called The Ninth Configuration that if you guys have not seen, I have not seen it. I'm pumped for it because I love his direction great. in this movie. Uh, it's great, and half the people in this movie who were not in The Exorcist are from The Ninth Configuration okay, as nice. well, including Scott Wilson, who most people know as sort of like the elder kindly guy from the Herschel. first couple seasons, Herschel from The Walking yeah. Dead, but he was also in in Cold. Blood and He's a ton of other of legendary Wait, wasn't he also films. in The Mist? Yes, he yes, was in The Mist as well, exactly. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> like, Brad Dorff, I think, like I said, is Can't. one of the most underappreciated actors that exists. He is... No one is more capable of scaring the fuck out of you with a performance than him. And his times when him and George C. Scott are just talking in his cell, and he's talking about being the Gemini killer, you know, the it's honestly frightening just listening to him and watching him I talk. like I seriously had to stop rewind and show that whole like diatribe I think is what we decided the second one 
um, to Shotlos because I was like, no, you have to see this. You know, someone needs to share this with me because <laughs> was this, your, this was your first time seeing this. No, no, no. I no. Exorcist three has always been a okay. favorite of mine. Right. Like I, I actually like I, I agree with you. I feel, I feel like it's one of almost as good as the first Exorcist. Right. I've always loved Exorcist three, and it has one of the best scares of all time. It has, I think, top five scares of all time. There's a shot in here. That is down a hallway. It's a static shot mm-hmm. with the camera just placed. The, the shot goes on for, I don't know, at one point I had the information in front of me, the time length, but it's like five minutes of like this nurse's station from yep. a distance and watching people come and go. And you're like, what is, you're watching this, like, what is happening in this sequence? You ask yourself at one point, what are we waiting for? And it gets past the point of where you're waiting for a scare. It we- does the thing I've never seen any horror movie do before, where it kind of Bores you into complacency. Complacency, so that, yeah. And then does this astonishingly frightening shot yeah. with the killer with the shears coming up and cutting the head off a nurse right before that the, the, that happens with a zoom that is still I've had nightmares about that and shot. Also, you kind of, like, the first two minutes of the shot is a setup for a fake scare. Yeah. And then she comes back out, and yep. then there's like another two minutes of nothing out. again. Yeah. So it's this long build-up to a fake scare, and then you come out in the hallway, and there's this another long, it's like, what the fuck are we doing it's, here? Yeah, I've never seen anything like it in any other horror film. That's huh? and that's what I want to bring up with his direction. Like, the balls for that shot in general, like, it's not a well-composed shot necessarily. Like, it is, but of a it's hallway. It's simple. It's simple. But yeah, but it's like, of a hallway. It's like, it's a it's a weird choice, and it's really effective for but the for horror. for a first-time director. Man. Mm. And not first time. Second time. Second time so. director. But uh, real quick, can we segue and talk about the... Uh, Heaven waiting room scene dream. Okay, oh, and also fucking crazy. Weird Samuel cameos. Jackson, Fabio. Fabio. Oh, Patrick, and by the way, Patrick half, Ewing was half in there. of Georgetown's basketball team. Yeah, <laughs> apparently Patrick Ewing, like famed Nick, is in there as an yeah. angel, and it's just I'm looking at it, was like this is fucking. It was crazy. weird as so, shit. Here's the reason that William Peter Blatty shouldn't have directed this movie. He did a lot of things right, but he's. His books are really steeped in pop culture, and he definitely, like, there's no one restraining him when he's directing his own work. Right. Hence this dream sequence in which there's a bunch of pop culture icons. It's the most awkward sequence. For no reason. It's the most awkward sequence. I gotta say, I love that sequence. I legit love it. I really thought it was awkward. It's it's absurd (laughs) and fun to watch. But it takes you out of the movie a lot. Oh, man. And I I think if they had redone that whole sequence without any recognizable faces, it would have worked. And that's the other Fair. thing yeah, is that exactly. Nick dude, and I that were... like Angel Dude in like the glass thing? Yeah, uh, there's just a lot of weird shit. Weird. I mean, to be fair, nobody nobody really knew who Samuel Jackson was at this point, the, but people knew Fabio knew and back Fabio Aaron was. was. He's an angel. He's an angel. But Nick and I were talking about that last night, and apparently, and I haven't read the book, but Nick was commenting about how the book is, there's a lot of like humor in it, and they do make some pop culture references, like May the Schwartz Be With You at one point, and I was like, why is there a Spaceballs Oh, there's a ton of hidden <laughs> references in yeah, this I movie. I was laughing. The to first time of this movie is funny. It's to, not there's, funny. There's references, it's terrifying. There's references in this movie that have no discernible connection to this movie at all. Like, I was pointing out to Nick earlier, there is a statue that is unmistakably (laughs) the Joker from DC Comics. Oh my gosh! Thank you! Thank you! I didn't notice it watching It's it's like two frames that it's there, but it is the fucking Joker where you look at it and it's terrifying for that single flash, but when you freeze frame it, you're like, no, dude, <laughs> that is not something that looks like the Joker. That's exactly that is the Joker. The Joker. <laughs> That's funny because that brings me to like the most agreed. Like the, the only pop culture reference or anything in this movie that I literally we wound it and wrote down in my notes. Brad Dorf, this is post child's play, right? Yes. yes. Okay. He specifically he, calls out child's he, play. He says that's child's play. And it cuts to a toddler with red hair and blue eyes. Yes. <laughs> and I was just like, what the that fuck? Was, that like, was intentional. Yeah. yeah. And it blew my mind. I, I couldn't believe that was happening in this movie. Two things. Well, for, go ahead, Nick. No, I was just going to kind of repeat the same thing I was saying. And that's that's what I also think is the problem is Blatty's clever and he's interested and he does the pop culture stuff. If someone else had his material, they would take it down just enough yeah. that I feel like it would be all right. Yeah. And I, as it stands, I feel like it's a little sense. over the top. I, don't just, I feel like he exactly. should have co-directed this <coughs> with someone who could have yeah. controlled him a little bit better okay. on that stuff. But that being said, 
I think a lot of the audience for this film, which ultimately this is not as much directed at horror fans as it is at maybe people who are like, I like to watch the occasional really, I guess people say elevated horror film now. This is on a level of like seven or something like that, where it's like, this doesn't feel like you're slumming if you're one of those people. It's a it's a very intelligent, like, like drama, thriller, horror, whatever. And some of those references are just going to be completely and utterly lost on those people. Even as I'm watching it, I'm like not even really paying much attention to them because I'm so drawn into everything else. But it is weird they're there. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's a lot of, you know, love letters, I guess, to horror movies. Uh, And now that brings me to three things. So you said that, you know, if he was co-directing it, I agree 100%. Like, if John Carpenter had signed on, even the the original opening score, I don't know if you, like, it sounded like Carpenter to me. Like, I I feel like they, he did a little bit of work on it. Maybe one of those, like, Toby Hooper. The only Exorcist sequel, other than, the only Exorcist other than the first one, that has Not part of either. tubular bells in it. None of the other sequels have had tubular bells uh, by Mike yeah. Oldfield. In the so soundtrack. I feel like it was like one of those poltergeist things. Like maybe John Carpenter was there just. But a do you think bit. that Carpenter style would have benefited this movie? I guess I do. The movie that we know. got seems so different from anything Carpenter. I has think done. Carpenter would have made a much campier film. I think. And it's, I, yeah. I think that the, what made this work so much is that it really did feel kind of like I don't know. Just it was about being smart more than it was about anything else. It yeah. wanted to discuss these this on a philosophical level and make you scared intellectually. You know, made made you want to think about this stuff and start being and put you in the shoes of George C. Scott and 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 make you deal with that fear on that level. And I don't know if Carpenter would have been able to pull that off. Yeah, I think Carpenter's movie, if he made this movie. Would have been good, but it would have been so different. I'm almost happy that it ended up the way it is, because this is a very unique movie, specifically in the horror genre. It's not like you can't quickly compare Exorcist three to another horror movie. Like you, you know, it's not a one to one. It's not even anything like the original Exorcist or like Seven, like with the killer, because there's the circular. But it's not quite that either, because there's enough like oddities and scares in this movie that yeah. it's a really it's amongst its own. It's like its own thing. Oh, by the way, that sequence we were talking about earlier with the, 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 one of the creepiest killing weapons ever in any horror movie ever, the giant fucking like bone shears thing. The sequence like earlier where, or later in the film when the nurse shows up at the house and tries to kill his daughter. I don't know what they did in that shot where, like, you. The, they the, got her neck out with of the, the way. The neck, just in pu- time. she's pulled out of the way. Yes. As Shout out to Grandma. As, as, <laughs> Grandma got her. Did you see as that? The shears almost close her neck. I don't know crazy. what they did, but it looks insane and it's scary as shit. And I'm like, I, 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 I would love to find out what they did, like, cinematography wise to make that work. I, all I know is I have my notes What's Grandma her? with what? the save. Because Grandma, <laughs> she yeah. sees it, she just grabs her by the hair, is like, nope. <laughs> So what's our body count? I I actually Googled it and it said nine. And I didn't see nine. I don't have nine. I I have have a possible eight. So I have the off screen young boy. Okay. Like he's in the beginning, like Jim Singens, but he's definitely a kill within this movie. Then you have the decapitated priest in the confession. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, you have Father Dreyer in the hospital. It's a wonderful life. It's put on the walls. Right. Nurse Chop, best, the big jump. You have the doctor committed suicide, which, you know, Scott, it's yeah. part of this thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, dead nurse after that, okay. um, that's discovered. And then there's like the lady crawling on the ceiling. I love it. Right after that. Oh, that was so face. fucking crazy. So, I have in my notes here, there's like, the ceiling crawling is really creepy, but also sort of silly. Like, because <laughs> it's like, it's kind of rise that line. And then number seven, I have the exorcist priest. He dies during yeah, the exorcist, the weird, right? Yeah, he, I mean, he, he's definitely dead. There's. Was he, he well, you, mean, dead. you mean Damien? No, not Damien. No, no, the, the priest. The white the, oh, yeah. No, he dies. Yeah. He dies. Yeah. Okay, so him. Father Morgan. And then Karis. And then I have Damien slash Gemini Killer yeah. as number yeah. eight. And then one bird. Kill me. Kill me now. Yeah, yeah. one bird. No, patience. Don't. Yeah. Stop. Stop. I was recording the movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
boom. <laughs> there is there is one bird too. Um, the blonde Exodus Priest's bird just dies in his box, and he's like, "Yeah, oh, shit. oh we're counting the bird." Yeah, oh, okay, that's it's okay. a pet bird. To yeah, be fair, that's did, way did, far down the list. There's a bunch of blank spaces. I have like one bird, one bird at the bottom. Yeah, pet birds count. So my two things. The one thing that I absolutely hated about this movie was the way Scott Wilson smoked cigarettes. Like who? Oh, he does that thing where you can tell he doesn't actually smoke. It's so fucking like Tom Cruise smoking a cigarette. Yeah, I know you've never done this. He's like doing his like little monologue where he's walking back and forth practicing a speech, and you, I'm like Scott Wilson. Come on. By the way, also that still confuses me. The whole Scott Wilson is rehearsing a speech. Something's going on where he is. Clearly, knows, like involved yeah. with what's happening, I've never been entirely. Well, clear. I think that's a director's cut issue. I think some of that got sacrificed yeah, with the exorcism and, line. And uh, sadly, I think there's something because, like, he's like, oh, he's weak. Like, sadly, he says about him, but there he is no a released director's cut, although it's not great because they had to go back because they couldn't find they couldn't the even footage. Find footage. They, they, there's a lot of missing footage from an original cut of this film that's very different. Uh, that the director and his wife would still love to find, but. They were able to go find dailies that are crap, and there was not much they could do with them. And so, even in the director's cut, you're like, there's an apology at the beginning. Like, some sequences are going to look like shit, because there was only so much we could do. I would uh, love- and even then, they didn't have all the stuff there. There's a good 20 minutes missing from this movie that should be there. Uh and that's a shame. I would love to see that yeah, alternate cut I would that love has to a see. That Father Morning is totally gone from yeah. for the record. Yeah. So yeah. it's a weird example. The director's cut is technically shorter than uh, the theatrical cut because that's like like a lot they had of to screen add time. That extra like whole exorcism scene. But there's a ton of stuff that's that, that like is really pertinent to the movie they actually wanted to make here. I, I that just drives me fucking crazy. What it comes down to is that the producer was banging a secretary, <laughs> and the secretary is like, "No, there needs to be an exorcism," and so we have a not perfect version. Nick, what happens in the book? Uh, well, it's been a very long time since I read it, but I feel like it. No, honestly, you know what? I think I read something about like yeah, if you can because the killer, the, the killer's biggest thing was he was killing to shame his father. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. Um, and when so his father, his drops, father dies, dies in real life, and then when his father dies, that's when he stops dies because yeah. yeah. it's like his, there's no point in shaming his father any longer. Yeah, that was um, the one thing that kept him resurrected. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I read something. I don't know exactly how it all ties up in the book, but I know that that is a big element of it. Um, the one thing, the most obscure but amazing <coughs> deep cut horror reference in this that I know you guys missed is don't think so. George C. Scott's wife in this was played by an actress named Zora Lampert who played Jessica in Let's Scare, Let's Scare Jessica, Jessica to, to Death in the 70s, which okay, is I kind of a that. minor horror classic, but <laughs> essential to watch if you like super creepy. I knew that shit. Yeah, films. dude. I wrote that in my notes, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. I have it written down here. I bet Chris is going to try to brag about knowing this, but I know it. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we don't know horror at all. Well, even for me, I was like, that's obscure. Holy no, shit. I no. can't believe that was a thing. I but, had to There's like 3,000 pages of IMDb notes on this movie. I had to search for that one. I was like, oh my God. Our fourth movie, which I'm super excited because I had never seen it before. Oh, wow. I had never what? seen Motherfucking Bride of Chucky. <laughs> the first film that made the Chucky franchise worth watching. Who? Uh, this hard disagree. I know. I know. I know. Which, okay, so this really was solid. this was directed eh. by Ronnie Yu, who we're going to talk about a second time. Yeah. Who um, who did two of my favorite Chinese uh, supernatural movies of all time: The Bride with the Right Hair and The Bride with Right White Hair Two. For the record, so he's. Bride movie guy. Yeah, right? bride movie guy. <laughs> I guess he likes brides. He has a thing for brides. Um, Nick, do you have a synopsis? Yeah. The Nick Sopsis? <laughs> All right, it's not so, quite uh, the same as the summarizations, <laughs> but it's Nick Sopsis, I think, works. Uh, Chucky, as he was alive, his former girlfriend, when he was alive, tracks down the remains of the destroyed, cursed Chucky doll. And with some voodoo business and the death of her poser boyfriend, she sacrifices him to bring Chucky back to life. She manages to, manages to reanimate Chucky. And after a couple lover spats, Chucky kills her and then sends her soul into another doll. And now that they're stuck together, they set out to find an amulet that could restore them to their human bodies. Oh 
Yeah, this is this like, plot. Okay. It's actually a lot more fun than it. Like this is real stupid. Okay, so is. yeah, you're you're totally right because when I read the plot, I was like, this is all over the place. But when I watched the movie, I was like, okay, I'm I'm into it. Yeah, and the movie we, is fun. It's fun. But fuck that plot is stupid. They bend over backwards and they change the rules of the original Chucky movies to make it work for this. And like the idea that he was buried with this amulet, like when you die, it was like, all right, just throw him in a grave. Like. <laughs> Whatever you've got on you, it's it's like God damn it! You couldn't like one more pass to figure out a better way to work it out. That this is yeah. the plot we have to go to. My, I don't even the know why they have to go to his really grave. Really convoluted, like, like, like and it's so, totally unnecessary. They don't care yeah, about it. It's I mean, very clear that Ronnie Yu doesn't give a shit about the plot. Fucking ends up working <laughs> in a weird way. You're like, yeah. by by the third, by the second act, I would even say the first act maybe not so much, but by the second act, you're like, okay. I, I'm into this, and by the third act, you're like, this fucking movie is a masterpiece. I mean, it's <laughs> really? I don't this know. This movie's awesome. It's hilarious. I think it's like it's like definitely like a cock rock masterpiece. Yes. Okay. Like, yeah. Rob Zombie, <laughs> professional wrestling. I actually wanted to point that out. Shit. That was one of the things I wanted to talk about. Was this soundtrack is fucking amazing. <laughs> it's it's curated by Rob Zombie. This shit is tailor made for <laughs> you. Uh, like. <laughs> when Chucky was like, "What the fuck is up with the music these days?" Fights <laughs> Rob Zombie and like, and, like rocks out. Like, yeah, it's and he just like, like, yeah. but he's already in. I don't it. disagree. This movie was made for patience. No question. <laughs> this movie is. But I think, that, like, I think of the sequels, like, from this movie on, this is the weakest of those, even though this is the most successful of oh, them. No, I think Cult of Chucky is heads oh, and tails the best film of this whole sequence. But I think, to some degree, there's this film is so, there's no subtlety on any level. This is a, you know what, fuck it, let's just do whatever the hell we yeah, want Yeah, you know, to. if you want to talk about, like, like, jumping the shark, or like, this movie goes, like, which first, we're gonna, first yeah, three Chucky's... You know, this is we're in this world. You know, it's just like fuck it. Let's do slapstick comedy. Yeah, like fuck. And then this you kind of needed turns to, meta. This you, is where yeah. this is where it turns turn, meta. But I feel like they kind of learned what they were doing better as the films went along. Because this one is like, let's just throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. And as they went along, they're like, let's keep with this, but let's. Kind of like figure out what worked and yeah. stick. Once with you get to like stuff. Cult of Chucky and Curse of Chucky, they kind of reel it back, and it's like a balance between this and it's those earlier a much films. better love. I think you're missing Seed of Chucky, which is the direct follow up to this one. That one's significantly worse. Oh, really, I like that one better than this one. It has Redman, one of my favorite rappers. In it. <laughs> oh my god, you and Shotlos. I love Redman. He loves Redman. This one, you're right. It does have a he great soundtrack, and it's, it's just. <laughs> It's that thing where Brian Chuck, of Shotless. Chucky is constantly pointing out how cool he is hey, during this movie. <laughs> Get that cattle prod. Get cheers. If you have any leftovers, I like them. It's just this movie wants to constantly point out how much how much cooler it is than the previous films in a very overt way. And like like with Chucky, like Chucky's a metalhead, and and he's like referencing other horror films that are cool. Like this movie, like makes a point right in the beginning of showing you the cops have already busted Jason, Michael Myers, Myers and and Freddy Freddy. Krueger. Oh, and I didn't even catch this. The crate from Creepshow is in there as well in the police station. And it's like, yeah, we've already been through all this. It's fine. And then later on, he makes a reference to... Hellraiser, which at one point apparently was yeah. gonna apparently they were even looking into they wanted to do a uh, no. Chucky versus Pinhead. Thing. Okay, yeah. so and then also the when uh, the what's the name? I think it's David, their their homosexual friend. Yeah, oh, that, that they waste to, like, no yeah, cheap shot jokes. Like, yeah, Gordon Michael Wolvett. Yeah, he's like they think you're like another Mickey and Mallory or a Bonnie uh. and Claude, and I. Bonnie and Clyde, and I was like, "Oh my god, they make a they made a Mickey and Mallory reference," and I was just like, "Holy!" This f- exists in the natural for anyone born who killers. ever yeah, watched Natural Born Killers universe. For anyone who ever watched an, the show Andromeda, which was uh, written by no, uh, Roddenberry, nobody, he played one of the major characters in there called Zelazny. I'm just saying. Don't, nobody cares. Okay. I didn't watch it either. <laughs> I'm Literally, nobody cares about. That. Yeah, someone out there does. Yeah. Someone out there right now is just like. Fuck yeah! Like, super hard on. <laughs> that also, maybe it was maybe young. it was an age thing for me, but when I watched the first Child's Play, I was like, I'm already so bored of the slasher genre, I, and this is just dumb. And I, I fuck I, with the I, the first three really worked for me. Not this for one, me. I, this I love one. Them. Real. I, okay, so I saw Cult of Chucky 
recently. I so shameless good. shameless plug for UGO's Netflix and Kill. I did a review for Cult of Chucky. We also them. reviewed it on a Deliberations of Doom. Don't remember. And um, <laughs> you're on this podcast <laughs> right now. You're really, you're gonna promote <laughs> someone else. Just tossed her podcast? hair while she said, "But I'm I don't really, remember. really drunk." <laughs> and, and when I'm on Deliberations of Doom, cheers. Oh, by the way, if you're listening, time to take a shot. Cheers, y'all. I guess I should get a beer. Uh, this it's it's messy, so but it's fun. The, exactly, it's and there's fun. So this is not a good horror movie. It's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. But it's got a handful of things going for it. And one, Catherine Heigl is super fucking that young. Is, that first off, Catherine Heigl being in anything is not a plus. I did no, I mean, not realize that was Catherine Heigl. That's but yes. Catherine Heigl Holy with cow. really bad lipstick. You know what she is. Oh Bad in this movie. She's, she's bad, she's in, every bad in everything. Every you know, and she was also reportedly insufferable in this movie, just like she is on everything every she's ever been in. You know, yeah. I, 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 I liked her in Knocked Up. I think she's good in that okay, movie. Okay, we're not but, going there. <laughs> but like That's everything, she plays an intolerable character. Yeah, yeah. It, but this movie, goddamn, her and the two leads, like the dude, is just like a wooden plank. He's like yeah. nothing. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he's, God damn it, he, they're he's boring. He's almost as bad of an actor as well, so, whoever played David in Evil Dead. Who was a terrible actor? As uh, well. Definitely. But that's, that John Ritter made a turn towards John horror Ritter? towards the end of his life. <laughs> he's like he's in this. He was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer as an evil robot. Like this, what is, is, the, this is one of two Ritters we'll have in our series of movies. Oh, it's a tease for later. We, so this is also I, one I, of two Ronnie Hughes. Really, we have two, two Ronnie Hughes, two Tillys, two Ritters, two Brad Dorfs, and two Brad Dorfs. Right. Like yeah. we, I the mean, connections. I know. We didn't do it on purpose. It just happened. Uh, but maybe you fans did it on purpose. I don't know. But so one of the things I think is really good about this movie is that it takes uh, Chucky and Tiff and makes them our main characters. We don't yeah. even care about the human characters, really. And they become almost anti-heroes. Like, they're killing for their own personal reasons, but they're also killing people that are interfering with the people that we like or we're supposed to like and are following. Right. And I feel like that's a nice, fun, self-referential it's a fun turn. Have we seen that before? No. Uh, that's a yeah, new thing. But, uh, yeah, but honestly, because, like, this movie's fucking stupid. Right? I mean, <laughs> and, and I love it. But, like, this Chucky killing Tiffany Fine turns her a doll, and then they bend over backwards to change the rules of this voodoo, and they need his original body now, and, like, they can't drive there. It's like, yeah, wouldn't it have been a lot fucking easier just to be like, Tiffany... Drive me here, but no, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna kill you and turn you into a doll, and now we gotta take these people hostage. And gotta, it's like, what the fuck are we? This is insane. And like, it's just like, I, it's, I not feel like a, it's not a sensical plot. And the thing yeah. is, like, it, it had to be an easier way to be like, she's she dies somehow rescuing him, he puts her into a doll. Now they have there's like so many ways to make this make more sense. <laughs> it, it can still be dumb, but or, fun, but it is just like. Egregiously dumb. Even if there's a way in which she got killed and he didn't kill her, and then he puts her in the body, then they're sucking this together. Yeah, that would have made more sense. It's, it's like this. And like, yeah, this is it's just ways. crazy. It's, it's just insane. It's insane. There, there are so many moments you go, that is just dumb. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. And then it does something to make you laugh really hard. Exactly. And you're like, obviously, this movie is making movie. no attempt. To try and be taken I mean, seriously. Yeah, but she's looking at Voodoo for Dummies to resurrect. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, which, by full, the way, exists. Full camp. Yeah. That's a <laughs> real book. I looked it up. I paused the movie to look up. Seriously? I wonder if there is a Voodoo for okay, Dummies. Okay, so this doesn't surprise is. me because I, ha- I literally have in my, boats, in my notes, I'm going to buy Voodoo for Dummies <laughs> for Chris Cox. Book. There you go. I'm going to buy that for Cox because I know he's going to use it. <laughs> and then we're all going to be is, cursed. Is yeah, there no a kidding. Necronomicon like, for Dummies? There, I'm pretty sure. Um, I have. 11 for our body count here. Oh, I have more than that. Okay. Again, I, there's I've a lot of drinking. notes. Um, oh. Let me just see if there's anything else. Oh, before we get into those, um, the dolls fuck. Oh, my God. Which, uh, <laughs> which I think so hottest good. sex scene on record in any film no. ever. <laughs> That's because Chris I mean, is really into dolls. Plastic, baby. Um, not. My favorite kill scene, though, is when Tiffany... Uh, sneaks into the honeymooners at Niagara Falls, and then the shards. And shards. Oh, that's like, pretty awesome. Bro- the, it's the one hair. of the. It's one yeah. of the better ones. I do want to mention before we get into the kill suit that how good Tiffany looks fine, I guess, but Chucky looks so fucking good. What, was it, no, it was the, ratchet. Like, it's it's the first. It was a 
total remake of the doll from the previous three films. Okay. Like, they had used the same model for the first three. This was one they changed a lot okay. for this I mean, one. Just, like, it's much up. more yeah. expensive than the previous ones. His facial expressions. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Points of articulation. Yeah, it looks fantastic. It's man. really good. Like, it, it holds really up does. right now standards yeah. of animatronic doll. Speaking of the effects, just real quickly. Oh, I love this part. <laughs> I so, I really like, love really. how much uh, the Chucky and Tiff special effects are like old school animatronic stuff. Yeah. Like, it holds up. It's creepy. There's one scene, there's one shot where they're fighting each other in the cemetery with shovels. Yeah. And there's like a downward shot. Clearly little people. And it's definitely little people in costumes just ninjing the fuck out of each other (laughs) with like shovels. And it's so completely unlike anything else that happened in the movie. It's very wild. I love it. I I do want to give a shout out right now to Shotlows because um, when I was watching the movie, I was watching it on my phone in the car because that's what I have to do sometimes. And he's like, this is like some sort of audiobook shit. He's like, this is so entertaining. He wasn't even watching the movie. He's like, I'm just listening to it, and this is the most amazing thing ever. And he was so entertained just by listening. I do I do love the moment when Tiffany kills them in the tub, and Chucky's just like, yeah. I love you. I love you. He's just like, yeah, that's and his realization. Like, my favorite is like, I wouldn't marry you if you had the body of a G.I. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> it's so that's so it's, this movie is magical. Oh, yeah. It's like, do you have a rubber? He's like, what the what fuck? The fuck? Made I made a rubber. I made a rubber. Yeah. She's just like, I thought you were made of plastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a bunch of funny stuff in this. So good. stupid. But so good. And I bet you. Oh, great. I did not see this right off the bat when it came out. I didn't see it till I think the third <laughs> sequel had come out, like post this. And if I had, I would have been like, this is brilliant. I can't believe that nobody else is doing this to their horror films. God knows they tried to with the Freddy movies, but it didn't work because those were genuine. That first movie is genuinely terrifying. Right. Right? You try and turn him into a straight-up comedy thing, but Chucky is a plastic doll. So you're revamping like, a cheesy series. There's only so many places you can go for that to make it scary, just remaking the same fucking movie. I mean, we're lucky they didn't go into Saw territory, quite <laughs> frankly, which it felt like with the th- first three movies they were going to right. with that sort of like oh we're getting this over convoluted plot and they found a way for the later sequels after this to make that a thing where it's like it almost feels like a parody of the Saw films where it's like nice. super complicated like oh it's tying back to all the characters in the but original film it so meta, but it's all still it, meta yeah, and it's still, goofy yeah, it's still clearly it's still, ridiculous and at the end it makes sense yeah um, I mean, especially if you've watched Cold of Chucky. I, I would generally say, like, you know the plot of the child plays, the child play movies. If you've never seen any of them, I, I, I know we're disagreeing on this, uh, Nick and Alan and me, and I don't know about patience, but, like, I think the first three are just, just fine, they're but great. whatever. They're, they're for, fine. they're for hardcore horror fans, but, I like but not it when essential they go watching. Meta, and then, but especially watch from, Cult of Chucky. But goes. watch from Bride of Chucky on, and I think you're gonna actually have a great time watching the Chucky films. And also, can I just give a little shout out that the new one is going to be voiced by Mark Hamill. I'm not happy about the it. The trailer looks... But Brad Dorif is still in it, though. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're redoing it where it's like he's not a, like uh, he's not uh, being possessed by someone. Like he's an evil a, robot, an evil AI. Yeah, and what? yeah, oh. with a bunch of drones that he controls. I need my chunky with my dumb. Like, the idea is that like he's, he's like got Skynet. Blu- he's got Bluetooth, so anything that else that has Bluetooth, he can control. This sounds like the most ridiculous. Idea. I, it sounds I mean, terrible. But, okay, it sounds but terrible. that's what we said about Colt of Chucky, Fair? where yeah. he goes like I didn't you know, in the past. Well, I I did. I didn't. But I liked Cult of Chucky. But so. the good news is, fans who like the series, this series is continuing on in a television series created oh. by the guy who created and wrote every single film in the series, uh, continuing on the story post-Cult of Chucky, which I'm considerably more interested in, and in fact will probably follow, because yeah. if you look at the way the series has evolved... It's insane, and I kind of hope that this guy goes the same way that they went with the Evil Dead television series. Yeah, like, at that point, let's just go nuts. Let's just do like throw every idea up in the air and see what happens. You know. All right, so let me go through these kills and let me know if, okay. if y'all remember if let's I'm wrong this. on them. Is this was kind of a wonky one to keep track of? I mean, so, I have I have eleven. So I have possibly fourteen, maybe thirteen. So okay. we open with the cop getting his neck slit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By Tiffany. Second one is Alexis Arquette. 
who is this like kind of a dual kill? Tiffany distracts him. Chucky suffocates him with his butt. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> not the most gory kill we've ever yeah, seen. Yeah. Film. After that, yeah, also pretty implausible. Uh, how much can a Chucky doll weigh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like how are you going to? Then you have the beginnings of Jason Ritter's kill, which is the um, pinhead the, joke. The, yeah, nails yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the nail gun yeah, to the face. But he does, and then you have John, one, John, Ritter. John Ritter. John Ritter. Then we have uh, the car explode. That Chucky kills him. And then here's where there's a tire that flies out of phone booth and you see a kid duck. I think the kid makes it. But it, I couldn't, <laughs> it looks like it goes right in there. Howard and he, is a half. It's, it's a half. He ducks under it. So I think he can get out of there. So I'm, I'm going to count that as a non-kill because I think he makes it out of there. And then after that, you have the shitty couple at the hot tub. Oh, Brad yeah, that's my, favorite, that's, that's, my, that's my favorite kill. And yeah. then you have um, their friend at the side of the highway. Who I want to point out explodes before the truck hits them. <laughs> I remember this being pointed out at a, maybe a Fantastic Fest hundred best kills. But if you pause it frame by frame, right before the truck even hits him, he, he explodes. <laughs> so oh, he yeah. sees that truck bearing down on him. He gets so scared he just pops, <laughs> and uh, then the truck hits him after and that. That was bad CGI. <laughs> really bad, really bad. And then, uh, then after that, you have the two couple, the couple on the RV. Okay. So, um. Which was random. Off screen, but you see yeah. the dead bodies. Then you have the grave digger um, shot in the back of the head by Chucky after he gra- um, dug the grave up. And then you have Chucky being killed by Catherine Heigl, which I think but counts. He, he comes back, but he he's he's, he's really, dead. He's really says dying's a bitch. So he's yeah. di- he's, he's dead. He's a death. He, but he comes back. But dying's so a bitch. Dying's a bitch. He dies. Yeah. yeah, and then not in this movie. Yeah, she she does come back in Cult of Chucky. Yes, but not in this movie. Well, she comes back not even in the doll. So, like, we don't want to get into that. But I think Tiffany Tiffany dies from the burns. I don't know. If she, does she die out? No, no she lives. Dies from the birth. The birth oh, kills her. Yeah, she gets kills. Does she get killed by the birth? But there's a surprise scene right at the end, if I'm remembering correctly, where she's still alive, right? Like, the cops, like... Yeah, but yeah, she, yeah, then, she gets the baby birth, comes out and then and she dies. I think... But doesn't she come up and like like scream at him or something and then go? No, the baby does that. Oh, that's yeah. the baby oh, kills him, it's like which is the last kill. The cop baby. is killed. So I have it at thirteen. If we're not counting the kid in the phone booth who gets hit, Damn. not hit by the tire, who probably I have, I have definitely 11. survives. I have eleven. So cop, I'm Alexis, John Ritter. One, two, three. Sorry, one, two, three. Car explode is four. Shady people is five, six. <laughs> the friend is seven. Uh, the off-screen couple's eight, nine. The grave digger is ten. Chucky is eleven. Um, Tiffany is twelve, and the cop at the end is thirteen. Nice. Killed by the seed. Okay, so I just want to say this right now: if you get a hotel room with a water bed, you deserve to die. Agreed. <laughs> um, and if I know you- it seems like a little extreme. This is just okay. Okay, so I'm not even gonna explain it. (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna add on to this. If you have sex with your woman on a waterbed with your socks on, I hope you die a horrible death. What's the socks problem? (laughs) No, she. I'm sorry. He had socks on. The the, why is that an issue? Because it's fucking weird. Take your fucking socks off. Whatever you want your tootsies to be worn. (laughs) (laughs) You wear socks while you have sex, don't you? Yeah. He feels personally attacked by this one. I do. (laughs) I like my tootsies to be worn when I'm having sex because my blood is rushing to a different member (laughs) and and my feet get cold. Take your, take your, (laughs) he had white socks on to be, um, what are you gonna make yeah, this a racial just, thing? Yeah, no. It's, God. So our next movie is Wait, Final Destination Five, which we won't talk about until the next episode because Jesus. we're at an hour. But I believe you had more questions, so let's answer one more question. Okay, I do have more questions. All right, so let's answer one more question and we will end this episode because this is because we got four. We got shit. we got four shit movies to cover the next one. So I we, know yeah. we're gonna this have might be to, a four like, episode. Like, we can't. Uh, can't my, I don't know. I'm okay. That, but can we do four episodes? We can do four whatever. weeks do whatever of content. We want. Four That's weeks true. of content. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, okay. What is the question? So the question is: Is what horror franchise has jumped the shark in all the best ways? Child's Play. I was just. I was going to say hmm. Child's Play as yeah, well. I, I, I like this movie. Jumped the shark completely. Jumped the shark a thousand percent. And it nailed it. And, and it's, it's so just, good. It's just gotten better since then. It's like it took a totally wrong turn 
and it turned out to be completely the right turn. And I think no one was more shocked than the creator of the series. <laughs> and, and, Holy shit, that actually worked. Real quick, I just want to thank Matt Corlin Downs for that question. Yeah. It has to be this one, right? I mean, someone Charles argue Blake. Friday the 13th. That's exactly what I was going to argue. Why? Um, I, I would argue... What movie? Well, no, no, Friday the 13th. Um, oh, numerous yeah. of them. Oh, because the, I think early on with them just like jumping in time and making their movies like... Their continuity being way off, and then them taking to Manhattan, and then them taking them to space, and then it was just like That's, I love Jason. Uh, it gets no, a little fucking buck good. there. I'm but sorry. Child's Play is good. I think I, Child's Play works better. I, I agree. I'm with Nick. I love the shit out of Jason X. It's like my second favorite of all the Jason it's movies. So dumb. Oh, y'all, y'all are wild. I'm it's sorry. Bad. That movie's y'all. hysterical. Actually, what I was gonna argue for, I just misspoke, was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street series with uh, New Nightmare. Mm-hmm. New Nightmare. I feel like does it count as Jump the Shark? But it works. If it's only one movie, though. Yeah, no, because it goes kind of meta. Yeah, and I guess the way I'm thinking of it is that movie sort of paved the way for all the stuff we're talking about right now that we really like, right? It got super meta. It got weird. It got way over the top. It had its actors and actresses playing themselves within the movie, and I, I could be wrong, but that's like the first time that's really come up. That's true. I... I, yeah. Shit, I can't remember. There was a thing where w- I talked about a thing on a podcast where I was like, holy shit, I thought that was the first thing, but somebody else already did this. And I can't remember what it is. But I'll say for sake of argument, yes. It's, I mean, if it's definitely well, popular. If it wasn't the first, it's one of the first in a very Yeah, one of the world. first, for sure. Are we really going to do four movies on the next episode? We could try. The microphone is right there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She really wasn't asking the audience, she was asking you. <laughs> I was asking Cox, not the audience. Yes. All right, how many more questions were there? That, oh, we have one more. Okay, do you so want only one of the next one, it? and then we're going to race through. Okay. Are you ready for the next episode? We're going to cover Final Destination 5, which I'll say right now, startlingly... Was I, amazing. I saw this in the theater and was like, eh, I'm like a... Huge fan of Final Destination 2. Like, I love it so much. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I remember seeing 5 being so excited going, it's the best of the films that's not Final Destination 2. <laughs> but rewatching it, pretty fucking solid. We're going to watch Saw 6, which I'm going to say all of those films suck. Um, <laughs> Sadako versus Kayako, which technically is only one of those the Grudge, The Ring, only one of those, the seventh one in the series. And as well, Freddy vs. Jason, which, once again, is the eighth Freddy film, not the eighth Jason film, but, you know. If you can't tell, once you get up into part seven or eight, kind of run out of weeks. He's got to pit these people against each other. (laughs) But we're going to talk about, you can tell the last one, it's going to go a little wacky, and not just because we record all these segments on the same night and we're getting a little drunk. And, well, I mean, Shot Lewis is here, so. Yeah, yeah, we have no choice. We have to obey him, even though he's in the gimp cage. That's the way we like it. It's a weird fetish. He's in the cage, but he's our master. It's It's weird, weird. yeah. I don't understand it either. He's both gimp and master at the same time. Uh, So we'll be back in another week with part three, where we will at least ostensibly finish this off. We're going to do all four. We're going to do it. Until until then, Alan, what do we say? Uh, What do we say? Keep on uh, creaming. Ice cream. Keep on uh, ice cream. Keep creaming? Keep keep on screaming. Keep on screaming. I picture like... Like the, the keep on trucking guy with the long legs, except it's like, like, like a horrible Cthulhu mouth. 